Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to independent wrestling on television. I'm Jayhawk. He's Jay Gold. Lashana Tova. Happy New Year to all my uh, Jewish listeners and friends out there. And happy September to everybody else. Correct. And Sheep Marky. Hi, I don't have anything witty to say this time, so I'm just going to say hello to everyone. <laughs> all right. How can everybody quick? It's been, it's been uneventful uh, with the new year here, uh, doing a lot of family stuff. Um, didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot of wrestling this weekend, um, but I did um, catch our show for this week, which is great. Um, but I, heard, I did see a lot of the Twitter stuff online about all the shows that were going on. So it looked like a fun weekend of wrestling. Yeah, well, Home Office and I drove down with Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheer out to the Paradigm Pro and OWA doubleheader in Columbus. How are they? Two really good shows. Uh, the UWFI rule in Perkin is definitely an experience. And I, the, the painting of the show made that show feel longer than it really was. That show would topped in, came in a little bit under three hours, but it felt longer just because of the how it was paced. But overall, good experience. The OWA show was really good. Uh, you, we did get a heartwarming text from a uh, home office for um, Marcy that he was with uh, Max Zero. Yeah. <laughs> did he did he tell him that he was a hunk for me? I certainly hope so. We'll have to confirm that. I, I did and, not I did not look in on their conversation. I did get I did look in on the conversation that young Ed from Pod Van Dam had with Ashton Starr. That was very very worth getting through. Nice. And our our an IWTV guide favorite, um, Josh Bishop won uh BLP's Turbo Graps um what whatever number they're up to. <laughs> 20, 24. 24 one yes. turbo grabs 24 is the new uh, midwest champ or something like that and uh i'm i'm congratulations to him because nobody is more deserving to look like a monster in the midwest than uh josh bishop it's pretty incredible and then he drove well i i, I would say he drove he and jake Clemens were in a car together going five hours to columbus to work the paradigm show amazing what these guys will do for independent wrestling it's fantastic yeah, Bishop winning the monster ball match on the Paradigm Show, and then coming with refereeing the OWA show. So, and you he, thought, o- which one did you think was a better show? OWA was the better, sh- was overall the better show. I think I, a, little bit, a little bit better paint, and it was, and it was more traditional wrestling. That, but I love the I love the Paradigm Show too. Like I love both shows. I mean, I, I really don't want to pick a favorite. Nice. All right. So with that, I not a big week this week for what's on independent wrestling streaming that I, that's been announced at any rate. But let's go ahead and get into that. What's on this weekend? Okay. So over on independent wrestling TV, specifically, of course, wrestling open on Thursday at 8 p.m. like normal. Uh, the only real live stream they've got beyond that is On Point Wrestling Unwritten Show, which will be Saturday night, October 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yoya and Matt Tremont in the main event. Kid Osborne defending the On Point Wrestling Championship against Marcus Mather. Uh, Billy Tipped against Jake and Kincaid. Uh, Jake and Kincaid first match back in a while. Good to see him back. Uh, another great match on that show as well. Over on Fight TV, uh, Bunch of stuff to pay, a couple of things to pay for this week. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling got their Japan tour this week. So they've got a show Friday and Saturday in Japan. Uh, and Wrestle Pro Alakin got a show on Fight this weekend as well. Uh, I know our friends over at AIW are going to be running their show at the at the Tadmore Shrine. They have not announced if they're going to be streaming that live and if go where or not yet. Well, the, the uh, rumors 
are going are sounding like they're going to be aiming towards Fight TV, but I do not know if they are on uh, any service as of this Saturday show. But the rumors is Fight TV. The rumors also, and not, I'm sorry, now no longer rumors, but their library has been removed from IWTV. Um, if you were looking for AIW's library, it is going to be moved um, to a new streaming service in the future. But you can still buy their um, hard copy media on uh, Smart Mark Video. Yeah, that announcement made official earlier today. We kind of knew we kind of knew it was coming, but yeah, because we're well, cool. we got lucky. Yeah, we got lucky to also we were able to uh, catch that girls' night out as well. Yes, and if I may. Um, Ed from Pod Van Dam, uh, the Yankees did not win the World Series in two thousand one. <laughs> he'd been no. told that like fifteen. He'd been told that like fifteen times. Just making sure, like man. This is a this is a New Yorker, the New York area talking. I certainly remember it because I'm not a Yankee fan, but my brother is, um, and uh, I do remember that very clearly. Them losing the two thousand and one World Series. So, uh, young Ed, that's just to wrap that up in a bow. Uh, for this week, I am not going to lie though. I he's saying that the Guardian go win it because they got rid of the old name. And I honestly, I hope he's great. Like <laughs> an Indian fan, I hope he's great. Guardian fan, okay, I can't do it. Listen, <laughs> damn it. Listen, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. Uh, only as of this year, they were the Guardians. But the name change is lovely. Uh, good for Cleveland. It makes me happy to know that uh, a bunch of Mets that we traded over for Lindor are really playing well. And uh, I, I'm grateful for Lindor and Cookie Carrasco on the other side. So um, we're going to have some good conversations come October for the uh, baseball playoffs. Nico, if I'm, I'm going back to current here, I'm about to turn 44 year old in a couple of weeks. And all but one of those years, they were underneath that old name. Oh, I still do that a lot more often than I would like to admit to. Listen, Major League was one of, is the best baseball movie of all time. Could possibly be the best sports comedy movie of all time and uh they were the indians so what are we gonna do can't pretend right. they were never the indians so uh uh cleveland guardians mazel tov to you marcy baseball yeah <laughs> marcy, comment <laughs> any comment on me throwing out the dead name of the of the team there is that how we're referring to it as? basically what it is they transition oh. from the indians to the guardian <laughs> basically <laughs> And if I could say something wrestling related to Cleveland, Candice LeRae has just debuted on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I literally so, just about to get at myself. She's walking out to the aisle now. Yeah, so more Cleveland. All right. I get all my Ohio pals. We're, we're staying relevant. And uh, Candice LeRae has debuted. So uh, a lot of stuff going on tonight uh, on, on the wrestles and uh, uh, TV wrestling, so to speak. Um, and that's pretty cool. So the, the rec thing we do not cover on this show normally. You know what? Yeah, we might, but we could still uh, link them up to to link all these uh, great superstars to their independent wrestling backgrounds. Um, and Candice LeRae is is one of the founding members over there that AIW school and whatnot. So that's very a, cool for them. A couple of AIW alumni in the ring right now: Candice LeRae and Nikki A.H. There we go, bringing yep. it back, Marcy. We're bringing it back. No more sports. <laughs> no more sports. <laughs> I want to see how much each week we could do t- until Marcy goes over the top and loses her mind. <laughs> Look, I will just make up and just start talking about random bullshit about Sonic the Hedgehog to like counteract this. <laughs> yes, but we love Sonic the Hedgehog. We're all in with you on that one. Video game. No, I, I, I like Sonic too. I'm messing with you. All right. Yes. Uh, all right. So before we get into our review this week, which is actually a little bit uh, out of what we normally do on this show, 
Uh, we do have a brand new segment to debut. Uh, Charlie Butter, home office himself, doing one minute interview. Going to hit first interview with Joshua Bishop. Let's go to that now. Charlie Butter's here with a one minute interview with the intense icon, Josh Bishop. First, Hogan or Savage? Savage. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Favorite candy? Uh, Reese's Fast Break. Doors or tables? Tables are sweet. Favorite energy drink? Rain, Inferno, Jalapeno, Strawberry, whatever the fuck. NWO, White and Black, or NWO Wolfpack? Uh, You don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. Biggest fear? Uh, Water. Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart? Shawn Michaels. Favorite animal? Lion. Austin or The Rock? Austin. Favorite road snack? I've been really into pretzels lately. ECW or TNA? Can I do just TNA, not Impact Wrestling? No, that's fine. Okay, then TNA. Sheets or Wawa? Oh, Sheets. Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio? Rey. Favorite dipping sauce? Uh, I'm not a big dipping sauce guy. Stunner or Diamond Cutter? Uh, Stunner. Favorite movie? I don't know. I hate movies. Uh, maybe The Town, I guess. Not really my favorite, but I just watched it two days ago. Edge or Jeff Hardy? Oh, Jeff Hardy, for sure. Favorite song? I've been listening to a lot of West Side Connection, so Connected for Life. Okay. And that has been a one-minute interview with Josh Bishop. All right. Thank you very much for that, Butter. I, I just want to say I'm very impressed that Home Office went and did the work. I Home Office, you know, gives us the mics and says, go to work and... You three handle things, and I am very impressed that Home Office likes to get to the ground level and get his hands dirty and do the work as well to make the show as successful as it can be. So I am very, I'm very excited for that. He's right there in the trenches with all of us. With all of us, Mars. He's putting on the helmet, going to work. <laughs> Was he wearing an actual helmet when he did this interview? Can you confirm or deny? I will neither confirm nor deny whether he was wearing a helmet or not. Did he take notes or was it all just recorded? Because, you know, even making maybe the manual writing of the questions and all those and such, just making sure he really got down to the business of being an interviewer and 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 working hard. So, you know, good for home office uh, when we uh, when we get each week that that one minute interview. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I uh, I think the fans will like it, you know, and maybe we'll bring back some more spotlight stuff as we go along, you know, ways to fill our our show with some really new content. So we'll see what we got. We're, we're hitting our experimental phase. That's right. We're taking the ayahuasca and we're running with it. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but at any rate. That was an Aaron Rodgers re- reference. I know Marcy didn't know it, but Jayhawk, I thought maybe you would. Aaron Rodgers said he took ayahuasca in the offseason and uh, hallucinated to make his game better. So I'm saying we are in the experimental phase. We are taking the ayahuasca and we are seeing what we can do with this show. Are we going to start doing a bunch of drugs before the podcast? Because I'm down for this. Let's do it. I am. Yes. It's hard on a Monday night, but, you know, I can I can think I can make it happen. I'm sure we can find some edible or something at a worst case scenario. Sure. There's plenty to eat. <laughs> OK, so we're going to go ahead and go into our uh, weekly review. The weekly review. Right, we are doing something a little a little different here today. Uh, as you've probably figured out we are expanding beyond just independentwrestling.tv. We're trying to be more of a overall independent wrestling podcast, just covering stuff that is available to stream. This particular case, though, we went kind of away from that. And I am not aware of this show being able to stream via legal means, but this is in my personal collection. So I wasn't able to get it out to our co host here and we could review this show. And they can have fun one here. Uh, this is going to be 
Ring of Honor at its pure independent form. It is the Ring of Honor Manhattan Mayhem show, May 2005 from the New Yorker Hotel in New York City, New York. Uh, obviously, we're not going to cover Ring of Honor that airing on at part of AEW Dynamite, that pushing it a little bit. I, whether we cover current Ring of Honor depends on what, if anything, they do with their TV once and if they get it. But Well, I will say um, I am grateful to Marcy for suggesting this one. A little bit of those mid early 2000s New York grittiness. Um, the Manhattan Hotel, before they even were in the uh, Manhattan Center, um, you know, I love the the carpeted floor around the ring. Um, it did remind me of a little bit of that impact wrestling in the mid 2000s where they they wrestled. I don't know where they were, but Taz was like recording from a hotel room and like overlooking the arena. So he could see it out his window. And there was a, a carpeted floor. I don't know if you guys remember those days of TNA, but um you know, straight rip from the old Ring of Honor days where they're wrestling in a carpeted ballroom in Manhattan where you probably would have a business conference, which was awesome. I like the I like the vibe of this venue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, even even the rent for this building gotta be like ridiculous. You're basically in downtown Manhattan, like you're right outside Madison Square Garden. The sh- they're in the shadow of Madison Square Garden. As Colt said, in the shadow of Madison Square Garden. And the funniest thing, too, I don't know. I was going to bring this up to begin with because it will start us off. This felt very much like the JCW crew stepped in a time machine and went backwards to 2005. And when they stepped out, they were their younger selves because half of the beginning of the undercard were like guys who are still living at the uh, armory basement in Ridgefield Park. So it, it was something. It was, it was absolutely something. Uh, two can two can five ring of honor does have a very neat vibe. We're gonna get it gonna get into into it here. On commentary, you have Dave Freak and Gabe Kapolki under his Jimmy Bauer Percana. I love the fact that Gabe had like three different names on commentary, none of them were his real name. <laughs> and I remember when he went became Jimmy Bauer, he was Crick Clubby when it started, and they made the big deal about I've been living a lie. I gotta I gotta I gotta come out, yeah, I gotta come out with the truth. My name is not Crick Lovey, it's Jimmy Bauer. Fuck you, Gabe. <laughs> I kid. I like Gabe. I'm in the minority, I think, but I like Gabe. I, I don't know. You know what? There are a lot of people with extremely strong opinions on him. And I was never one of those guys that even bothered. Like, I never wasted my time with that dude or, or any of this stuff. Like, I liked Ring of Honor. I didn't care who was booking it. I liked Evolve. I didn't care who was booking it. Um, there are a lot of people with very strong opinions on Gabe. So, you know, I, I don't have the same, I guess, uh, a visceral anger when people hear or see Gabe anymore. I would say his best stuff's really good, but his not so best stuff is not memorable is probably like if there's definitely a point where I feel like he fell off as far as booking goes. And I think Marcy, I think you love this mid to early 2000s Ring of Honor. I really I'm I'm very excited to hear your opinions on this stuff. This is my way this is basically my gateway into independent wrestling. Oh I can't wait. So we opened the show with good time, great memory with Cole Cabana. He and outside the New Yorker Hotel in the Shadow of Madison Square Garden. You see MFG in the background. And he's doing man on the street interview, getting opinion about what, about what New Yorkers think about Nigel McGinnis. And the best part about the he found three people who had no fucking clue what professional wrestling was, had no <laughs> idea who Nigel McGinnis was. The like, best was like, New York. Yeah. So two people, one guy just ignored him and walked away. 
another guy looking at him like, why are you talking to me? And then the third guy just like, it, he sounds like he's from England. He sounds <laughs> like he's from England. Yes. No, 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 no. He has a very British sounding name. Yeah, you're right. Very that British is clean. That, that was even, so New York. Oh, even I love it. better before that. Colts goes up to him. Big fan of you, sir. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that was that was as classic New York. The the res, the responses that Colt got that was it just starts everything off on the right foot. We go from there. We we're in the ring before the show starts. Kamoa Joe waiting for Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal comes out. Thank Kamoa Joe for helping him out. And Joe's like, "Why are you thanking me? You need to be aggressive. You need yeah, you're, you're wrestling me. You got to be out there to to beat me." And Lethal just snaps on him and pushing him against the corner. This is great stuff. Showed that little showed that little bit of an edge that Lethal had been missing up to that point. I mean, it didn't it didn't portray Samoa Joe as Samoa Joe is portrayed now, which is great. That Samoa Joe is still a work in progress. Um, Lethal putting his hands in his face and like mushing him into the turnbuckle. It was pretty startling when 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 you know like now how Samoa Joe you say to yourself, "Oh, Joe is just going to kill you," right? And this was like a slimmer down version of Samoa Joe, and Lethal really was you know the alpha in that scene. All right, go from there. We go to our opening match. It is advertised at a three-way tag team match with a looking team of the fall must split up. The ring crew express against Iggy and Derange, accompanied by Cheech and Cloudy, against Dickie and Agriel. But ring crew express don't compete in this match. Dunn and Marco get jumped by the Carnage crew before anybody else actually hits the ring. So at least they don't have to split up. They don't. They just got their asses kicked. <laughs> they got their butts whooped and and. I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with those two. So it made it easier for me to watch when I didn't know who they were. <laughs> you, you, you don't know the greatness of Dunn and Marco? No, no. And I, I don't think I was just in, in it enough back then to know who those guys were. Dunn and Marco were literally, were the ring crew expected. They literally worked ring crew when Ring of Honor started. Like they, they're, they're actually in a big story about them trying to get a match because they are just doing ring crew. Yeah, so we got it. So we get just the standard tag team match here. Good, good stuff here in the opener. Uh, Agriel clapped the range right at the beginning and the crowd started chanting, you got bitch clapped. I love Ring of Honor crowd from the era. I really do. We also got to see Cheech with hair. Yeah. yeah. Cheech with hair is very jarring, isn't it? It's <laughs> startling. <laughs> but I was like, Azriel and, uh, and Derange, I was like, is this a capital wrestling match? I was like, what am I watching? This is like a JCW match that I went to last week. And these guys look young and vibrant, and they the years of wrestling haven't worn them away just yet. <laughs> yeah, well, fun, little, fun little opener here. Ancrio is the fake apparel, so he gets double teamed a lot. Uh, Iking Derange go for a camel clutch double stomp combination. It, it, it gets countered. The counter completely misses. They completely get on camera that there's no contact made at all, but everybody felt if it connected. Like, you, like they can get live. Change the camera angle. Pick the editing. Look, it's the force of him coming down is really what did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that wind nearly knocked him out. Also, they made sure to let us know that Redman was in attendance. So that's cool. I wish I would have seen him. <laughs> Lacey, Lacey could not accompany everyone because she was busy having a meeting with P. Diddy. I miss Lacey. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I lift pin via Poikin Rana. 10 minutes and 14 seconds. Again, good fun opener. When that move meant something. Poison Rana. Now that everybody does it, it means nothing. I, 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 I would still say it means more than the super kick, but right, Savat kick. 
Okay. So from there, we go to Nigel McGinnick against Colt Cabana, looking a rematch from February in Dayton, a show I attended. Only Colt Cabana can get away with Yuging Barry Manilow and uh, Green Entrance Music. I miss listen, those days. Listen, listen, the Copa Cabana, that's a classic tune, you know? <laughs> it just makes all the sense. But I got to say, Colt doing comedy plus um, technical wrestling. I mean, look, Colt, Colt probably the last, what, six, eight years, strictly comedy wrestler. But in the, in the 2000s, Ring of Honor runs, you could put him in the ring. He does. He could do all of it. And uh, this match really showed it. And Nigel, too. Nigel was just you were scratching the surface with Nigel McGuinness in this match. And this feud is really where you start seeing the more uh, technical base Colt Cabana. He was really mm-hmm. largely comedy up until this feud started. Yeah, I think this also coincided with him going to like the UK a lot. This is like when that kind of first started for him. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Also, I still don't understand what was Nigel's deal with the iron at the time. Yeah, what was that? He came down with an iron with the with the UK Union Jack on it. Yeah, I, I, I used to know that. I don't remember. I'm not going to lie. It could be an effective weapon. Don't get me wrong. I oh, just didn't understand if there's a purpose. Yeah. I love I love on the old DVD release that they have the crawl for upcoming event. Can you just know that at least one or two of those could already happen before the DVD came out with the turnaround time? <laughs> they, it was what? Usually about six weeks, give or take. Usually about it was usually about six weeks, and they started pushing stuff out about four weeks after the show. So. How far we've come. Well, when they when they first re- when they were first started, they would jump VHS. It was like three months to get these things out. Yeah, I mean Coliseum Video. I remember in the '90s going to the uh, to the video shop to get my my VHS tapes, and uh, you were just if you found one, if you found a Survivor Series from a year ago, you struck gold. <laughs> Oh, really good, really good stuff with this match. Again, proof that Colt can fucking go when he wants to fucking go. Uh, f- finish come Nigel McGinnick rolled into a kick that they're selling at a low blow throughout the rest of the show. It was border, it was borderline. Then following up yeah. the victory roll in eleven fifty two. I'm I'm biased. I like their first match in Dayton better than this one, but I of course I look at that one. But this is really fun. This is I feel like this is the match that really puts this feud in motion, though. Yeah. And we go backstage. Alex Shelley is cutting a promo claiming he's not allowed in the locker room. He's been wrestling here for two years, not on the locker room for some reason. Book himself over as an underdog in this, in this matchup he got later on with Austin Aries. He talked about how he's not a full-time member of the ROH roster, and he's getting a world title shot. No, I think he was talking about how he started. He wasn't a full-time member. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, because this is, this, is this is after Gen X is like in full swing. Obviously, he got kicked out. I got to say, though, talk about time traveling. Does anybody not age? Alex Shelley does not age. Holy moly. He looks exactly the same. Hunk then, a hunk now. 17 years later, he looks exactly the same. (laughs) Maybe his hair's longer. It's usually the opposite for a lot of people. Uh, I mean, you could could say it happened to me. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he looks exactly the same. you know, it, it the, the promo was a little long, but, you know, got the point across. And we go from there. We've got Black Tiger taking on James Gibson. James Gibson, of course, better known as Jamie Noble. Jamie, by God, Noble. So I had to go back to, to Wiki just to see when he left that, that Jamie Noble run. And so I guess it was WWE, then New Japan, then Ring of Honor. So this run in Ring of Honor was after he was Jamie Noble and he came back as James Gibson. But then he did have another run at Jamie Noble 
after this run was over with Ring of right, Honor. Right, but not the not the Nidia run. This was the this was post Nidia. Correct. Uh, yeah, when he when she was blind and everything else and all the good stuff at the end. And you got contracting style gear. You got you know, James Gibson is the mat technician. Black Tiger. I don't think any big secret now. Rocky Romero under the Mac doing more of the high flyer, being more of a Tiger Mac type of character. You know, a very, a very fun match with the with the contracting style. Both guys able to play to the other style very well as well. I would say I like something Black Tiger did. I don't get why more wrestlers don't do it. I mean, I guess I get, but they got the ro- so he had Gibson the submission and got to the ropes. They did the rope break, but right after he just pulls away and does a submission. Why don't more wrestlers just do that? I, I couldn't agree with you more, Marcy. Exactly. Why are you why are you breaking up backing? It's not the UFC. They're not telling you to go to your corner. They're telling you to break the hold. When the guy gets off the rope, pull him back into the hole. And no argument with me on that one. I mean, and you're the ref. You would think you, I mean you you would jump in and tell me, yeah, no, I tell him to get back, but really all it is is saying break the hold. So if the guy releases the rope, you can drag him back into the spot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, and I'll make that distinction. If the guy, if you break the hold and the guy releases the rope. Re- reapply the hold, right? But you can't just pull the guy back and reapply the hold. You gotta, you have to give him the chance to break the. You have to disengage, right? Correct. You gotta disengage the hold, disengage the hold. Then, then you can put it back on once he lets go of the ropes. It's Dick like enga- a five. It's like a five second roll. Correct. Yeah, disengage was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Again, good little matchup here. Black Tiger hit the Northern Light suplex for two. Gibkin kicked out and rolled right into a front guillotine. Get the commission fifteen fifty eight. Probably could have probably could have done with a couple of minutes shaved off. It would get a little long there near the end, but overall I enjoyed the one quite a bit. It was a good uh, palate cleanser. I gotta say, I'm really glad Black Tiger has a good tiger suplex because it would be really embarrassing if you didn't. Yeah, I mean you, you you would hope so, but strange <laughs> think have happened at a wrestling. We go from there. We've got the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Roderick Strong and Jack Evan, who I honestly forgot were ever a tag team in Ring of Honor. Taking on BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs defending the championship. This is when Jimmy Jacobs gets still in a mini Bruger Brody fake. He got the funky boot. My brother to this day still call Jimmy Jacobs funky boot. He hasn't worn the funky boot in like 15 years. <laughs> now, now I have to agree with you. I did not know that Jimmy Jacobs phase with the boots. So I was like, what is happening here? And they were mentioning that he was he was a big guy or whatever. I forgot what they called him. Did they call him the small hoss or something? What they call him during the during the match, but he, I thought BJ Whitmer was huge. He looked big in this match, and uh, um, Jack Evans is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I wasn't a huge Jack Evans watcher when he wore the the you know the white tank top and big baggy parachute pants, but that dude still another guy who doesn't age, who does all the same stuff, who's had his skull probably cracked open like an egg like fifty times, and he's still going. It's amazing. He's so good. Like, I remembered this. I, not only this team, but this match stood out to me. I feel like this might have been one of the reasons I picked this show. It, I mean, I was waiting for BJ Whitman to do like that, what he did to Jimmy Jacobs, that like um, power bomb off the top of the rope into the crowd <laughs> or whatever. I was like, is he going to do that to Jack Evans? But, um, you know, I, I was waiting for something big in there because I didn't know what to expect. But um, also the, the, the thicker Roderick Strong, um, in this match, he he I, he didn't have a neck at this point in his career. He was all shoulders up to his lower ears. <laughs> Fun little spot early where Jack Evans break dance and confront a Whitmer and Whitmer taking the heat going to dance and just slap the crap out of Evans instead. <laughs> that was fun. We get we get a dangerous 
from Gabe because basically Jack Evans is in like a power palm position by Roderick Strong. And he just does like a moonsault double stomp onto him, onto uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who's like draped across the middle rope. He Gabe had to do that at least once a show in, in the era. Uh, I don't want to give him credit for this one, but you can literally hear somebody in the crowd yell, dangerous, right before Gabe go, dangerous. Like, no, pick another spot now. Well, it wasn't, it was, a, what do they call it? An intimate crowd. So, you know, you were going to hear a lot of them shouting, so to speak. The last three or four minutes of it, it's all chaos. All four guys doing a bunch of creaky shit. Yeah, that o- the uh, ode to the Bulldogs that Roderick and Jack did is so sick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jack Evans, even in this era, was bumping like a madman. He still bumps like a madman. I mean, this is this is the Jack Evans that really didn't give a shit about about his well being. So he has to be made of like like taffy or something like that. Yeah, there's just some people who are made differently who just can bounce back from stuff like that. But this was like the irresponsible Jack Evans face. (laughs) Like how how can this dude? 22 years in the freaking wrestling business. Don't take cranky bumps like this. I, I don't get it. Just some folks can do it. I mean, he's out for a while now. He'll take a bad bump and he'll be out for a little bit. But back then, he was back the next week. So God bless him. And that can like a week before Samoa Joe threw a shoe at him in a four-way match. <laughs> <laughs> Another show I would get, how I remember that one. Nice. I, I remember. I particularly remember yelling, who threw a shoe? In 05. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it is. Evan getting pinned with the Doomsday Contra code from the champion in 1445. And we go to our match for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Jay Lethal defending the championship against Kamoa Joe. We Obviously, the, the one was cut up earlier in the night with that opening segment. Uh, rules were a little bit different in this era. Very similar, but, very, but, but slightly different. Uh, like, this, these days, close fits, you get one that's a warning, the second close fits, a DQ. In this area, you lose a rope break and it could DQ if you're out of rope break for the close fifth. Really, that's the main difference in the rules. And there's no judging at ringside for a time limit draw. It's just a draw if it goes to the time limit. Those are the two main differences. And they did not break from that, which was really good. They they continued to, um, um, you know, they counted rope breaks. They were on top of the, the close fists. I mean, I give a lot of credit to the announcers because a lot of times, you know, nowadays we've seen UWFI rules, things like that, where the announcers forget you know, the rules or don't uh, uh, emphasize the rules. This was this was good. And and also you have two pros going at it. So, again, uh, Jay Lethal with hair, a, a slim down Samoa Joe who can, you know, who was super athletic. This was some match to watch. This was also Joe coming off his near two year reign as champion as world champion, too. Yeah. Um, also, they were talking about because Jay Lethal was jumped. I don't know if it was the last show or like two shows ago. But they said they the ROH had an investigation team. I want to know who we think the ROH investigation team consisted of. <laughs> Back then, oh boy, uh, I'm going was to it del- delirious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going. I'm going to assume it was the team of Jimmy Bauer, Crick Lovey, and Matt Pike. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> it's like a three faces of Foley situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I, I love I love the pure wrestling role, and I love and I love watching these two guys work. This is a lot of fun. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Lethal going for a lot of commissions early, going making Joe go through a rope break early, and actually get to the point that we're not even eight minutes in, and Joe out of rope break. Then he throws a close fist punch, a second one. Go, so you can hit a glass rope break, throwing a punch, get out of a commission. Yeah, it was just well done. The whole thing was just just 
uh, the story flowed. It was just intelligent the way it was presented. These guys, honestly, they were just serious pros the whole time. I feel like this also had to be like the only pure title match that had a table spot in it. Yeah, I actually have. I actually noted that. And is that allowed a table spot in a pure match? I mean, he was getting out of submission, but the table just happened to be there. It's not like he intentionally right. set it up. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, and be, and because I know somebody will ask me, I'm I'll I'll skate here. There's a spot there where they're fighting on the floor. Then when they start fighting on the apron, Todd Sinclair starts to count over. That's the judgment call. And sometimes and sometimes honestly, it's a commission rule. Sometimes some commission will have a count on the apron and a count on the floor separate. So it probably came off weird to people, but there's actually nothing wrong with with having separate count on the floor and on the apron like that. Yeah. At least at one point, busted out a dynamite, a dynamite kid style diving headbutt that honestly had no business connecting with how far away Joe was from him, but he had it perfectly. Last few minutes, he's really hot between the suplex and the strike. Joe had got Chimera suplex combo for the pin and the title in 1635. This was probably my favorite match of the card. Uh, I, I agree. The mat, this was a great match. This was something that made me feel comfortable as I, I talk about, you know, if I watch a show and there's guys on there that I'm comfortable with. I think it absolutely was probably the best match on the card. It's certainly up there. I think just because of what my style and what I like, I might like the, ta- I like the tag title match just a little more just because I love me some flippy boys. <laughs> but this one definitely is one that stood the test of time. But after the match, the Rottweilers come out to ringside. Homicide, low-key, Rocky Romero, and Julia Smoke. They distract Joe and Lethal, and then Monster Mac attacks them from behind. As they just, It's funny, they refer to him as a thug, even though he's previously wrestled in Ring of Honor. Yes, <laughs> the stuff they brought with them. Like, he's wrestled for you. He was in the first ever match in the company. But <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I will like, say no, this. This, yeah, go ahead. And not only was he in the first match ever in the company, but like that match could get you canceled in the day and age the way that one played out. Like, yeah, don't rewatch that first fifteen minutes of that first show. It's rough. Oof. Now I will say though, this went on too long. Too long. Um, but you know, that's just, just my opinion. I really felt that this whole segment could have wrapped up a, a, probably a good six minutes earlier than it did, but so be it. They wanted to get a point across. Can we also, uh, can we also talk about how Gabe on commentary talking about Rocky Romero is not supposed to be here. Like nobody in that crowd knew that fucking Rocky Romero and black tiger were the same person. I want to say it wasn't even a secret while it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> And Loki cuts the promo, admitting that he's the one who attacked Lethal at the trio tournament prior to the Kennedy clap. Loki clapped Lethal, pow, pow. And then from there, it's intermission. We have Gary Michael Capetta interviewing Nigel McGinnis. Nigel said, hey, I didn't mean to kick him below the belt, but I still won, so I don't care. A win's then, a win. And then we get like 30 seconds of highlight of Banky against Roderick Strong from a full impact pro show. We had Banky kind of message that he coming back to Ring of Honor from just Japan tour to win championships. Well, like, literally, they just showed like a random 30 seconds of the match. They didn't show a finish. It wasn't even like highlight. It was just like 30 seconds of, of the match. Just really weird. Was this also after this? Did we get the, the commercial for the school yet? Or was that after this next match? I think it was in this area here, yes. Yeah, this, yeah. This was so strange. <laughs> like, they show two clips of CM Punk, and then they show one other clip. I th- I'm trying to remember. I might have been Spanky again. I didn't understand like what they were trying to get across. Well, it, it could have been our stream. It could have been kind of broken up the wrong way. But um, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure. I I, I wasn't. I wasn't like 100 percent paying attention to the uh, the vignettes and the breaks. 
because there's nothing to tell you about the school. They just showed you these two random clips of CM Punk, which I right. guess he was he was the trainer at the time. And then one of the I believe it was Spanky. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. And when this goes live, but yeah, it was just a really strange advertisement for the school. Speaking of CM Punk, he is in our next matchup. It is advertised as a dog collar match. Jimmy Rave, accompanied by the 18 members of the embassy, killing the on- killing the ozone layer. By the way. <laughs> Taking on CM Punk, and we're in the treat Jade Shun like she could slave girl era of the embassy. Well, it's you know, maybe this hasn't all aged very well. <laughs> they're, they're, spec- they're, well, and we'll get to it against this match. There's a lot in commentary that was oof. There, there, there's a lot in early Ring of Honor that does not age very well. We kind of touched on that with the mentioned the mentioning the Monster Mac thing earlier. No, Prince Nana cut the promo. Hard to understand with the audio being what it was, but the short version is Jimmy Ray is kick and will not be competing. His tum tum was hurting him. <laughs> and like, and while Nana cutting the promo, they're showing clips of previous matches between them. Instead of doing a video package, they're just throwing in the clip over top of Nana talking. Look, you have to, you can only fit three hours on that DVD. You gotta jam it in however you can. And then Jimmy Ray comes out and attack Punk anyway, so he is actually going to wrestle the match. Tom Tom couldn't have been hurting him that bad. Although looking at not what, what one or two shows after they had a match scheduled and Ray faked an injury and well, I think Cruel had to take had, had to take the match. He could have went in the back and took a probiotic and felt better, you know. Um, they also mentioned that Anna has been spending the Ghana school funds on the Outcast Killers and Mike Cruel, and I feel like he's overpaying. I feel bad for all those kids that didn't get to learn <laughs> just for the sake of Mike Cruel and the Outcast Killers. Outcast killing another team I forgot existed. Like, oh, yeah, I know those guys. You know, Rave, Rave attacked Punk before the bell. Punk is bleeding like not even three minutes in. And it's a gusher, too. Like, he, like he's really bleeding. Yeah. And then and then as this match is going on, you find out they can get even the blow off. They've got a cage match the following week. You're doing a dog collar match and it's not the blow off? Look, to be fair, to be fair, that last the last dog collar match was also not the blow off. It's not the point. It was also it was also a cage match. A dog collar cage match is not the blow off. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was cage dog collar match. The, the cage match and were the were the blow off in both of those few, but both had with both involved punk incidentally enough. There was two cage matches actually with the Raven feud, but we don't talk about that first one. And <laughs> yeah, so Jimmy Rave be, just beating the crap out of Punk for like 10 minutes, Punk finally making a comeback, then all the members of the Embassy uh, interfere. Look at where Jade Chun ends up jumping on top of Punk back and Gabe got something along the line of Jade Chun trying to give the empathy a happy ending. I had to pause my TV. I and I just like to out loud go, what the fuck, Gabe? I honestly don't think that he intended it the way it found in 2022. He may very well have it, Gabe, but <laughs> I don't I don't think that's actually where he meant to go with it, but. And honestly, had you not pointed out to him in our group chat, I don't think either one of us would have noticed it. And I didn't the first time I actually went back and looked for it. I have an ear for that stuff. What can I say? <laughs> but Jade Chun jumping onto Punk's back gives Rave a chance to hit Punk in the head repeatedly with a chair to get the pin in 1337. Oh, he wallops him with these chair shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are these are CTE-infused chair shots. And then the Embaki attacked Punk like 47 on one until a bunch of baby fakings led by Cole Cabana make the cave. They're kind of, you'll never hear again in 2022. His, no, his best friend. They made sure to make a point during Colt's match with Nigel. Yes. Bestest pal in the world. And then they actually cut, they actually do a, a hard cut here and put on the screen 15 minutes later, 
and Punk is still lying down in the ring. But Punk sold this for 15 minutes. Yeah, I was kind of, I like, I like flipped through and I was like, what's going on here? I'm like, when is this? I'm like, when are they going to bring him to the back? And then they finally brought him to the back, which was good, but it took uh, a did, long time. They just let him lay there. They didn't try, no one tried to help her. She's right. Like, well, let's let, maybe he'll regain consciousness. Maybe. <laughs> in, in fairness, you're talking five, what, four or five shot, uh, unprotected chair shot to the head. You're worried about neck damage and something like that. You don't want to move a guy that has a potential neck injury. So I get it. And it became PM Punk that would that like lie down in the ring for like 20 minutes while fans were leaving. They were trying to tear down the ring around him one night. So commitment, commitment to the bit. And it's the same guy that put Christopher Daniel through a table with a Pepsi plunge. And Daniel pulled that for like half an hour while they're emptying out the building. I got that show too. I went to a lot of the early 2000 Ring of Honor show. So by the way, look at look, by the way, they're pushing punk here at like the biggest baby fake in the company. We're six weeks away from the cover of Punk, where he's the biggest deal the, the company ever had. I wonder if at that point they knew. I can't remember exactly when they knew he was signing. Well, when he won the title, that was being av- uh, uh, that was being advertised like last night in. So yeah, it, it was right around the time they would have. Which known. is only a month after the show. I think it was like June thirteenth was Death, Death something Before Dishonor three, something like that. June thirteenth or June nineteenth, something in that area. Area. I remember a one and a number that's divisible by three. <laughs> I can look it up real quick here. But then we also get, as he's taken to the back, he starts cutting a promo. And poor Alex Shelley doesn't get his entrance proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, June June, thir- June 18th. Damn it! Close enough. You get 13th, I get 19th, and 18th. You know, you know, like 18 itself is divisible by three. So, and a technicality, I'm still right. Yeah, but yeah, but they finally get punked to the back. He cut he cut the promo regarding Rave and how he's gonna get him revenge in the cage match. You can hear the ring introduction in the background that's matching one fall, the one hour timer for the Ring of Honor World Championship. You can hear all that while punk cutting the promo. You yeah. were miss, missing Alex Shelley's banger theme. But we do get personal G and all this glory when Austin Aries comes out. Yeah, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to Austin Aries. <laughs> say, I try, say I try what not you to will. pay. About him on uh, modern day, he's fairly a piece of shit. Do I have to say allegedly, or can I just? I'm no, just he's, a piece, of he's shit. a piece of shit. Yep. yep. But this era, he was pretty good at wrestling. He was good at wrestling, and the fans liked him. This and this was before he became obno- incredibly. Maybe he was incredibly obnoxious, but no one really knew about it. Right. Before all the anti vax stuff and all that happy fun stuff too. No. Yeah, but but it is one fall with a 50 minute time limit for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Alex Shelley against Austin Airy. Uh I'll give Gabe a lot of credit here. He was able to break down like the entire history between these two guys in like a minute. Yeah, and really get across how important this match was, and uh, all the history between them with Train Generation next, and Airy turning turning on Shelley and kicking him out of the group and all that. Yep, Gabe did a great job getting that up. I mean, it's his company, right? His booking. He should be able to get it across. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, even if you do book the company and you know where you're going with it, you can't necessarily articulate it that well. Right, right. That's true. Look, I, I don't, I don't think if this was CZW and somehow John Zandig was doing commentary back then, he'd be able to get <laughs> the point across or a coherent point at all. <laughs> There'd be a lot of fucks, and it would probably sound really awesome. <laughs> it wouldn't be coherent though. So Gabe needs to drop a few f bombs in there, make it awesome. <laughs> Maybe some Jesuses. Right. <laughs> I, I I like this match a lot. I don't have a ton of note written down for it aside from the finish. 
Yeah. But this is really great stuff. It definitely looked like Shelly going to win the match a couple of different times. Oh, the fans were hooked on those near falls. Yeah. Especially he when he hit the second shell shock and pulled him away from the rope, like the crowd still bought into that being the finish. And Gabe did a great job of killing that too. Yeah, if, if he'd hit that second one in the middle of the ring, that's probably it. But it didn't cost an area getting the win with a brain buster, followed by the 450 splash. Game Tequin Kamuki you to win the title from Kamoa Joe and end the 21 month reign. 19 minutes and 33 seconds. But we've got no time to celebrate. But here come Homicide and Low Key along with Julian Smoke. And we actually get Homicide's entrance theme, which I was very happy to hear. Yeah, and I got to say, Julius Smokes, I saw him in, in Capital and in Catalyst Wrestling, and I cannot believe how far that guy has come. What has he done? Is he a manager? He's just a manager? Yeah. Like, that's it? That dude's been in the business that long, just managing? It's amazing. He has a very large personality. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the few people in Ring of Honor I booed back in the day, but he just annoyed me for some reason. Definitely. Like, he's so great. <laughs> he always made me laugh at least once, like, on any show he was on. And so there, so Hamakad and Loki stare down Austin Aries. Austin Aries very widely like, nope, I'm not going to engage. And as he drops off the apron, here comes Kamojo and Jay Lethal to attack Hamakad and Loki from behind. I was going to say, before we get to it, they did actually drop on commentary because Ring of Honor had a segment, I think it was on WB with Austin Aries that got interrupted by Loki. So yeah. I think this is generally like following up on this. And they would have a match next month. Whatever show that was before One Night Stand. That sounds about right. I think it's at our best. Fuck, I know too much about Old Ring future, of Honor. The future is now. That's great, Marcy. I love it. Now. Shane Douglas came in and got booed out of the building. <laughs> and so, Hamakai, Loki, Joe, and Lethal brawl around for a couple of minutes. And then Ray Kina just decided, you know what? You're already fighting. Let's just make this a match. And he called for the bell. Yep. When in New York. And look at your main event. They did an impromptu match for the main event of the show. Match is pure chaos for the first few minutes and before Jay Lethal was eventually isolated in the ring. That is one of the coldest hot tags I've ever seen. It's like Lethal knocked Kamakai down. He dropped Loki off the apron. Then he fell. Then he tagged Joe like almost that before like either the other two got up after that. It's like, are you going for the hot tag? Not going for the hot tag? I'm confused. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of this match. This one just didn't didn't I would have liked to have seen the the uh the fin- the you know the the title match be it, but you know what can you do? You got it's a New York This is your first big New York show. You got to have homicide on it. Yeah, no, I get that. And honestly, it's all worth it for just this last move of the match. Oh, yeah, that last move is absolutely sick. Uh, homicide had lethal set up for the cop killer. Loki comes off with a double stomp. Into the cop killer, nine minutes and 18 seconds. Pretty sure Joe was still the legal man, but they're clearly tagged to Joe, and I don't remember a tag back to Lethal, but a ring of honor, so I don't think anybody else noticed. It's impromptu, you know, the rules rules are fluid when it's a match is impromptu. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, like I felt like it would end up being no DQ, but like Loki and Hamakai were double teaming Lethal like for a long time without Mike Keener like even attempting to count to five. Are you yeah. gonna are you gonna argue with those men? No. <laughs> Like, well, I'm, I'm going to be afraid Hamakai can live up to his name. I ain't going to fuck with that. He's, you know he has a fork hiding somewhere. So afterward, we do get a we do get a couple of promos. We get Jimmy Raven, Prince Nana cutting a promo regarding the cage match with Punk. that's going to be coming up the following week in Chicago. He said just like his soldiers had to die, Jimmy Raven's going to die to stop CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that's don't know if that's the way you want to pipe your match oh yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna beat punk but we're gonna die doing it like 
Yeah, you know, it means it means that much to him. You're you're gonna see you know, you're gonna you come to Chicago, you're gonna see a murder. It's gonna be fun. And we do get a brief hype video for Brian Danielson against Thomas Tide, match five of their best of five series taking place in a cage in Dayton. Great match. I was there. And then we get a, another Cole Cabana promo. Well, before, he, well, before the Cole Cabana promo, we get James Gibson cutting a promo about his title match coming up with Austin Aries. Well, they just give everybody title matches. James Gibson gets one. So I believe, to be fair, he had he had the title match and it ended in a draw. And the officials were not happy with not having a conclusive ending. Fair enough. I'm trying to remember that. It was, stale, it was at the at stalemate. That's why it was called stalemates. That makes sense. Yeah, like a double pin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to think. Of, uh, you could draw. And I'm thinking time limit. I'm like, I know Punk and Daniel kind of had had an hour during Punk run. But I didn't remember that being an hour. That's why with a double pin. Yeah. I also love the fact that ROH would name show after a result that happened in the match, <laughs> like after the fact, and they would call it. And Gabe would call it by that title on commentary, like. Welcome to ROH Stalemate. Wait, what? Don't think about it too hard. 2005 Ring of Honor. Then we have our our uh, Colt Cabana promo. He's being interviewed by Sugar Sean Price. And Colt Cabana's like, you know, I, I got beat by a low blow. It's cocked. I got beat by a low blow. And then I'm going to come in like, you got a problem? <laughs> After Colt does like the worst British accent ever. <laughs> it kind of becomes a little bit Australian, which I know is intentional because he just he says like shrimp on the barbie. Uh, I I do love the Eric Cole Cabana, but I, it was good. The the ring the early Ring of Honor early Colt was very good, very good. I remember following him online, just like trying to find more and more about him. And then when he got signed to FCW or whatever it was, uh, I was super excited. But then they ruined him when they brought him up as Scotty Goldman. So nothing like that stereotypical Jew on to <laughs> to be to ruin the gimmick. And then they released him like a month later. Yeah, yeah. bullshit. The whole thing was bullshit. <laughs> All right. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Oh, thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up. Nostalgia and uh, good matches and everything I wanted in a, in, in a show for this week. Thumbs up. What better way to have your debut in New York City like, than a show like this? Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely thumbs up for me. I, I, I love the care of Ring of Honor, and I, I really upset when they stopped going to Cleveland. I couldn't go to as many shows. There's, you know, I'm not, this isn't going to be a regular thing, but I think we might do some more of these down the line. I'm a big I like fan it. of them. I think it's a great idea to look at a lot of where these guys have come from. Every, almost every one of these guys still has a presence on, uh, on our TVs or streaming services. So it's pretty cool. If we're going to do old shows, these are like the, I feel like these are the most polished ones to watch. Absolutely. Especially after we watch like a, a CZW and an IWA East Coast. It's we gotta do it. We we have to do a CZW, like an older CZW. We have to. I guess it's look. There's the next year in Ring of Honor. There's a feud with CZW, and I feel like there's a couple shows in there. We checked one of them out, but there's more shows to check out. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of those shows. Well, I've uh, like once I stopped running Cleveland regularly, when I stopped being able to go on a regular basis, and I really hate the fact that I that I stopped going. But all right. At any rate, let's go ahead and start. Wrapping this up here, Marky. What do you got going on? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eGirlFanboy, boy spelled B O I. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFanboy. You listen to my other podcast, X Over. Our episode reviewing Batman and Robin with Austin from If You Catch My Grift will be dropping this Wednesday, Tuesday morning. So yes. by the time this is out, you can hear it. So check that out. And that is everywhere you can find me. 
You can find me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, which ref, uh, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. I got to find time to stream this week and get back into the, my WWE 2K 1984 universe. But I'm having a lot of fun with that so far. Okay. Uh, you can you can find me, uh, Jiggle12, on Twitter. Tomorrow I'll be in the office uh, as the next day and the next day. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about the merch store over at BrainbusterTees.com. We are still working on getting the new logo and the new stuff up there. We'll talk to Home Office uh, when he is going to be joining us sooner than later. Um, listen to our podcast, friends. Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the super fantastic podcast. If you catch my grip, the A-Show at Odds with Wrestling. Our very own Marcy's X over, and the card is going to change. Uh, check out our other friends, the official graphic designer of IWTV guy, JCP Designs. Uh, pwponderings.com time capsule toys toy Ohio, big starks brand set tab photo smoke and jay's barbecue the best barbecue in ohio and kayfabe collectibles florida office stay safe over there joey with the uh with the hurricane coming um and that is all for me happy new year everybody and as the great bobby heenan once said there's the downtown area of tupelo did you see the skyscraper two story <laughs> <laughs> right. Enjoy some independent wrestling, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city. That doesn't sleep And find I'm a number one Top of the list King of the hill A number one It's up to you But I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere Yeah, they love me everywhere, I used to cop in Harlem All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway Pulled me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot 560 State Street, catch me in the kitchen like the Simmons whipping pastry Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas Me, I'm out there Bed-Stuy, home of that boy Biggie Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me Say what up to Tata, still Sipping my top, sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five. Nigga, I be spiked out, I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from.
I made the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankee can. You should know I bleed blue, but I ain't a crypto. But I got a gang of niggas walking with my click though. Welcome to the melting pot, corners where we selling rock. Africa been by the shit, home of the hip hop. Yellow cap, gypsy cap, dollar cap, holla back. For foreigners, it ain't fair, they act like they forgot how to act. Eight million stories out there in the naked. City is a pity, half of y'all won't make it. Me, I got a plug, special where I got it made. If Jesus paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. Three dice, Zelo, three card Marley. Labor Day parade, rest in peace, Bob Marley. Statue of Liberty, long live the world trade, long live the king, yo. I'm from the Empire State, that's. So they could step out of bounds quick The sidelines is blind with casualties Who sip the life casually Then gradually become worse Don't fight the apple Eve Caught up in the in crowd Now you're in style And in the winter gets cold In vogue with your skin out City of sin It's a pity on a whim Good girls going bad The city's filled with them Mommy took a bus trip Now she got a bust out Everybody ride her Just like a bus route Hail Mary to the city You're a virgin And Jesus can't save you Life starts when the church ends Came here from school, graduated to the highlight. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. Empty in May, got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. Yeah.